In episode 473 with Dr. Todd Watts, we are talking all about parasites, how we get them, how to avoid them, and how to get rid of them, plus so much more. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide, and Comparisonitis. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Hey, beautiful, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited about this episode because we are talking all about parasites, something that I have never dedicated a whole episode to, yet it's something that so many people, whether they're aware of it or not, really struggle with. And in today's episode, you are gonna get the answers, which I am so happy for so many of you because my husband, as you guys know, has been through chronic illness. And if you are experiencing chronic illness, this episode is going to support you so much. And for those of you that have never heard of Dr. Todd Watts, he is affectionately known as the doctor's doctor and the parasite guy. Now he joined forces with Dr. Jay Davidson in 2017 with one mission, to restore hope and health to those suffering from chronic illness. With this vision, microbe formulas and cell core biosciences entered the natural health space to provide solutions, starting with detoxification and gut health. Nick and I are a massive fan of Cellcore and we use their products and we love them. He is also a national board certified chiropractic physician, foundational medicine practitioner and licensed with the Pastoral Medical Association. He is also the owner of Total Body Wellness Clinic. His passion for helping others stems from his own journey in overcoming struggles with arthritis, allergies, Epstein-Barr virus, Lyme disease, parasites, and many other chronic health issues he developed, all before the age of 40. Today, he has his health and energy back. He is happily married with four amazing children and is a sought-after podcast, seminar, and docuseries expert speaker on the topic of overcoming chronic illness. He believes in having a purposeful vision for your personal life, your career, and the company you work for. And overall, to never grow complacent and become 1% better every day. I love that so much. And for everything that we mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that's over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 473. This is an episode that you are going to want to save and bookmark and send to all of your family and friends because it has so many answers to many of the issues or the chronic illness that you might be experiencing. So without further ado, let's bring on the incredible Dr. Todd Watts. Todd, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? I haven't had anything. I just had water. So I intermittent fast most of the time. Amazing. There are so many benefits of fasting. I am definitely not fasting right now in my life because I am breastfeeding. But is this something that you do a couple of days a week or every day? I'd love to hear more. I intermittent fast probably five times a week, maybe four or five times a week. So that's something normal. 
for me. I will change that as I start to work out and, and lift and get back in the gym again. So I, I will start eating breakfast again because I need the calories and I need the protein in me. But a lot of times uh, I'll, I just find I have energy, a lot of energy, and it makes me feel good. And we know all the intermittent fasting benefits to what you do. And as you age, it also has a lot of anti-aging properties to fasting. Yes, absolutely. I've read so much on the benefits of intermittent fasting, fasting, and then just also not eating as much food. Yes. But yes, like I mentioned, I'm in a different phase of my life where I'm breastfeeding. So that is definitely not what I'm doing right now. No, usually you're eating a lot more than normal because you have to feed another life. I know my wife, when she's breastfeeding, man, she can eat a lot. Yeah, exactly. My husband's like, how? How do you fit all of... And I'm like, it just goes in and it's delicious. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really excited to have you here. I would love to hear a little bit more about your personal journey because often... A lot of people get into their work because of their own personal experience. And I know that this was the case for you. So can you take us back and tell us about your journey and how you got into this work? So I grew up with a mom that had a big belief in naturopathic medicine. And we'd go to chiropractors as well. I had one that we worked with when I was a teenager that also did muscle testing and nutrition and so when I was 28, uh, I got Epstein-Barr virus. And so the first thing I turned to was um, just going to the health food store and just loading up on a lot of natural remedies and things to help me get through that. And then when I was in my later 30s, going through my 30s, I got a lot of seasonal allergies that I never had in my life and started getting headaches, migraines, joint pain. By the time I hit 40, I had even some memory issues going on and just a lot of fatigue started really happening. And through my 40s, was my journey of learning about this. I went back to chiropractic school to get my doctorate. And then I did a lot of postdoctorate studies on Lyme disease and on physiology, biochemistry, and um, functional medicine going through school. And as I got out to practice at age 45, I started down that road with the same patients that had these same issues that I had. And by the time I hit 50, I finally figured it out. It took me about 10 years to figure out my fatigue issues and But through that journey, I had things go away. The good thing is, is I took stuff for Lyme disease. It would go down, but then it would come back. And then when I addressed parasites, all of a sudden my allergies went away, my headaches went away, and I started getting a little bit more energy. And then as I addressed toxins and toxicity, then I got my life back, as I would say, because I loved sports growing up. I loved to work out, and I couldn't work out for about 10 years. So with um, using a lot of the products we developed, it helped to remove those toxins and restore my mitochondrial function and energy in my body to where now at 54, I feel amazing and I just feel really good. Mm, that's so good. I bet that was a really challenging time for you. It was. And, we, and trying, to, trying to do a lot, um, you know, it was, it was both not only health-wise, but, you know, I went through the crash of 2008. I lost everything. And that's when it allowed me to look back, step back and look at, lost my houses, my cars. I had my wife and two little kids at the time, and uh, we decided to go back to school and get my doctorate in my 40s. And during that time period, by taking a step back and losing everything I had, it allowed me to focus in on my own health and then the health of my children and my wife, who had um, all had eczema really bad. And you know, by being able to go after the root cause, allow them to, to get over the, those problems of having eczema behind their legs, on their elbows. My wife had it all over her whole body. And so that experience allowed me to learn about it and then help a lot of other people that had similar problems. 
Mm, my goodness me. So you are definitely an expert in parasites and Lyme disease and co-infections. You also work with people who have had mold exposure. And I feel like each one of those needs an episode on their own. But I really want to focus on parasites today because this is not something that we have spoken a lot about on the podcast. And I know many people who have dealt with parasites, many people who have parasites and don't even know that they have parasites. So can you give us a little bit of an overview on what are parasites and how do we get them? Yeah. So there's four main classifications of parasites. We're looking at cestodes, which are tapeworms. And then we have trematodes, which are flukes. So liver flukes, lung flukes, pancreatic flukes, intestinal flukes, blood flukes are the most common. And then there's the nematode section, which are composed of roundworms, which are super common, threadworm, there's hookworms, so pinworms, those are very common uh, classifications or subclassifications under the nematodes. And then there is, and there's the protozoans. And the protozoans are probably one of the most common because of the malaria, for example, is a protozoan. And that is prolific throughout the world. Babesia is a co-infection of Lyme, which is a protozoan, Toxoplasma gondii, which is a protozoan that you can get by changing the kitty litter, you can get it through pork, there's a variety of ways of getting it. So 70% of parasites we don't really see with the naked eye. We have to look at them under a microscope. And you know, you can be exposed to them all kinds of ways. Through food, they always say, you know, meat that's not cooked enough, water. Here in the United States, say, hey, you go to Mexico, don't drink the water. Uh, is because of potential of getting bacteria parasites. But that actually happens even in countries like the United States where I had some patients that were, one was a pharmacist and the other one was an engineer. And they uh, tested their water and, and several other people's water and they had it in the municipality water. It could be in um, just having animals and being exposed through, th- th- through there. And, you know, walking barefoot, you know, it can, it can penetrate the skin, swimming in lakes, uh, especially warmer Water can penetrate to the skin that way. Mosquitoes, chicks, and spider bites all are ways that we can get parasites. So really, it's almost impossible to not to get a parasite. Okay, so you kind of saying that are most people walking around with parasites and maybe not even aware of it? Like what is the percentage of people that have parasites? I'd say it's pretty high. My joke is the way to diagnose it is if you have a pulse, you have a parasite. And so... We all have them at some level. They can play a role to be beneficial, but um, ultimately, eventually, they're not. And it depends on if they're stressed to your immune system, at what point does the toxins from the parasites or do they take over and do too much damage? And so with that, getting that in balance and helping the immune system out is, is always beneficial. So if someone has a really strong immune system, they're healthy and they're thriving, are they going to be more resilient toward parasites? Absolutely. And that's the way it is towards really any infection. And, you know, really look at the the toxic load on the body can highly affect the immune system to where it doesn't necessarily address it. And in our food system today with all the Roundup, other chemicals that are sprayed on the foods, the herbicides, pesticides, insecticides, with that, what happens is that it starts to deteriorate the microbiome in our guts, also then affects the immune system as well, which then can allow then the more proliferation of the parasites. And it affects the immune cells that then either go after the eggs of the parasites or deal with the parasites in general. So that's why it's important to, you know, in today's world, 
but heck, it's it's they said parasites are one of the biggest killers of people in the world, especially in third world countries. And we always think it's just third world countries that have the problem, but really it's every country that has the problem. And just that depends on what your symptom is, could be related to a parasite. We just don't have any idea that it's the case. And and so without the education and knowledge, then then we just don't have any idea that they exist. Mm, absolutely. So how do we avoid getting them? Because we still have to eat, we have to drink, we might play with animals, we are going to walk barefoot, we're going to swim in lakes. Besides boosting our immune system and making sure that we are healthy, thriving, and in the best physical shape that we possibly can, what else can we be doing to avoid getting parasites? Well, I don't know if you can really avoid it so much. I guess some of the things you could do is be sure you, if you eat meat, that you're, you're cooking it. Your vegetables, be sure you wash it. When I was in South America and lived in there for two years in Argentina, we crossed the border over into Bolivia. They said, don't eat lettuce. And so, you know, the people would get parasites from that because maybe how they fertilized things or whatever it was, but maybe it was the water. But the fact is, is we had to be careful on how we treated things. So cleaning food is really important, whether it's organic or not. You got to wash it and cook your meat enough. And if you're going to eat sushi or raw fish, there's a lot of different parasites that come from raw fish. You got to be sure then you're taking the wasabi or you're taking ginger or some type of herb or bitter to go with that at the same time so then it can help get rid of that and, and, and allow it to move through the system. And if you are washing your lettuce, we're talking about washing it with clean filtered water. Yes. Not water that could potentially have parasites in it. Correct. And, and you know, that I feel like the best water that we have found, the cleanest water from the chemicals anyway, from chemicals is distilled water. Yes. Because we found even reverse osmosis, it works great, but it's not sufficient for removing all the chemicals and, and toxins in the water. Uh, you know, and even a lot of other filtration systems aren't sufficient unless it's going through like a distillation process. Yes, we have a water distiller and we absolutely love it. It's quite controversial. A lot of people say, don't drink distilled water. Can you talk to that? So there's that hype out there of it'll deplete your minerals, but really minerals don't come from your water that you're drinking. Here in the United States and a lot of places I lived, it's hard water. So it's inorganic minerals that actually ca can cause problems in your body. It's not bioavailable minerals that you need. So the minerals that you get is from fruits and vegetables. So if you're worried about the mineral depletion, then eat fruits and vegetables. And that's the best source of nutrient-based minerals. Fulvic minerals also is a plant-derived mineral source from ancient uh, dirt there. So that's also good, but I feel like you can't replace uh, you know, what you get from your food that God made us. And then the other aspect is what's worse, chemicals in your water or clean water that doesn't have all the minerals that aren't bioavailable anyways. So mm. that's what we're looking at. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's like, what would you prefer <laughs> with that? It really goes back to distilled water is composed of, of two elements. One's hydrogen, the other one's oxygen, which are essential for the body and for, for all the redox reactions in the body. So those, those are really important. And so if you drink distilled water and you cut somebody's body open, it's still in two things, oxygen and hydrogen that's absorbed through the body. You're not going to get water spilling out of you. And if you're worried, like I said, if you're worried about mineral depletion, you just need to go back to the part of eating fruits and vegetables, eating good food that God mm -hmm. made us that actually has it in a source that we utilize for ourselves. Yes, absolutely. 
So how do we know if we have parasites? What are some of the tests that we can do to find out? And then what if someone can't afford to do the testing? What can they do? So most testing doesn't work. I'm just going to be right up straight honest. I've seen hundreds of tests that come back and they're always negative. But then you treat them and you give them stuff that will help push parasites out of the body and boom, there they end up in the toilet. So it's sometimes positive, but a lot of times testing is negative. It's a lot of money to run a test that's pretty much you can just go off of by looking at symptoms. And so there's different uh, questionnaires you can fill out. I know we have a questionnaire that fills out it assesses you for parasites and other things, but there's um, parasite questionnaires you can go through. And then also just like, hey, if you got migraines, well, number one cause of migraines, according to some research, is strongyloides, which is a threadworm. You know, Babesia, which is a protozoan, can also cause headaches, especially suboccipital headaches. Lyme or Bartonella can also cause headaches, mycotoxins. But the number one cause that I have found is the threadworm. That threadworm can then have a whole life cycle that can last decades in the body and create a lot of food allergies and sensitivities, which creates seasonal allergies and sensitivities. So somebody has asthma, somebody has allergies. Um, I'm looking at parasitic infection. Somebody has migraines, skin condition, eczema, psoriasis. There's a lot of times it's a parasite correlation with that as well. And then, you know, bloating, gas, any digestive issues, you can, you know, consider, hey, maybe they have a tapeworm. Uh, they have gut pain, could be parasites as well, most likely. And then organ dysfunction, where diabetes can be related to pancreatic flukes. Liver flukes can create all kinds of liver problems and digestive issues. And then you have your lung, your lung flukes and uh, um, other nematodes, such as roundworms, threadworms, and things that have their life cycle that actually the larvae go into the lungs to mature. So most health conditions can be related back to a parasite. And when you really look into even mental issues, schizophrenia, bipolar, depression, anxiety, there's parasites that inhibit GABA from being made. So they release an enzyme which inhibits the GAD67 enzyme, which then converts glutamate to GABA. So then there's a lot of mental health issues that can be related you know, it's parasites too. So fascinating. So this might be a bit of a relief for a lot of people that they don't have to go out and do all of these tests, which cost a lot of money. They could do your symptom questionnaire and see what symptoms they have. And potentially that could mean that they have parasites and then they can do some sort of protocol, which I want to talk to you about. What is the treatment? How do we get rid of parasites? Is it individual for each type of parasite or is there some more generic things that people can do to get rid of these parasites? So definitely different for parasite, which is why there's a lot of different parasite medications. For example, ivermectin has been very popularized recently in the last couple of years for a specific thing. And it's a great drug for roundworms and threadworms and then you have Biltricider, Prosequana, which is more tapeworms and hookworms and flukes. And then there's albendazole and there's mebendazole and there's febendazole and then there's a variety of medications. Now, I use a lot of herbs in my clinic and the, the herbs I, I formulate to help address all different types. And a lot of times I'll do combinations with those. So with that, I'll, the goal is to initially get introduced to the herbs and products that we use. And as we get introduced, the body kind of gets like, okay, hey, I can take these. They're, they don't necessarily hurt people. You know, like the medications can have major side effects. The herbs actually have beneficial properties to them. So an example, 
you know, one of them products have holy basil, which is great for, you know, adrenals and for joint and inflammation. They'll have one of the products has a neem in it. And the neem is really good for the microbiome. It's a bitter, which is great for the liver, but also helps to make an environment where parasites don't like to be. And then there's spices that can be, you know, just antimicrobial and antiparasitic that are in the products too. So that's why I have really almost all my patients do these parasite cleanses because it's beneficial in many different ways. And it's, it's not what people would think as, as, as a drug that would just can cause side effects and problems. Um, there's uh, beneficial health parts to it. Mm. What if someone can't afford to work with you or anyone and they realize that they have parasites? Like, is there anything that they can do on their own? Oh, for sure. I, I know um, one of our companies, you know, Microformulas, has products there that can take people through the full moon protocol. We have a full moon protocol that people can do on their own, and it gives all the directions on how to do it. Oh, amazing. And then we have a live with the docs every week, and we have a, a variety of doctors that come on, practitioners that will come on and talk about a variety of subjects, but also then answer questions that people have that are taking the products. Oh, that is amazing. Wow. Thank you for creating that. That's so incredible. My husband has, oh, like he's been through a lot. Like he had so many things, mold exposure. He's had Lyme. He's had Babesia, like all of these things. And he was pretty much bedridden for years because of it, debilitating. And he couldn't work. He couldn't really function. And thinking back to that time and how hard that was, and he had a little boy at the time and he could barely get out of bed. And I just look at him now and he is just thriving. But it's it's taken work and it's taken commitment and consistently showing up for himself and doing the work. And he lives a very healthy, clean lifestyle now, but that's because he's been through so much that, and, and I do too, but he's been through it a lot longer than I have. And, you know, he's thriving now. And, you know, he used to not even be able to work out without getting sick or getting a fever after he trained. Now he's working out and he's just thriving and it is possible, but you have to be consistent and be kind and gentle with yourself because it can take time. You know, getting rid of parasites isn't going to happen overnight, is it? No, for me, I spent a year long period of time working on that, really hitting it throughout that year and then doing follow-ups after that. So yes. it depends on how much is penetrated through your body and what's affecting and what type of parasite it is. And, and there's a variety of ways to address the, how do you get rid of them. And some of the herbs, it, it goes back to, you know, there's a process like two caps twice a day, great for 30, 60 days. But that's not going to necessarily work. You need to work up to where you're doing 10 capsules or 16 capsules or 20 capsules a day of the different products to where it's therapeutic that you're hitting it hard to knock them out and, and do it for a short period of time. So we call it pulsing where you might pulse for five days or six days and then back off for a couple of weeks or bring a new product in after a week and then pulse that. And that tends to have a really big impact. And, and we see things coming out of people. That's incredible. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. And that's my husband's definitely done that over the time. He's done the pulsing. And it's just so beautiful to watch that after all this time, he's he's thriving and he's happy and he's healthy. And yeah, I know there's a lot of people out there that 
are really struggling and they don't have answers and they've been and seen 5,000 practitioners and doctors and healers and they've seen everyone and they get no answers. And I would really want to encourage everybody to go and do your quiz to find out whether all of these symptoms that you're having could lead to parasites. You know, it's interesting though. There's a book written and a doctor talked about that. If you can't, you can't figure it out, then it's probably parasites, right? So if your symptoms go undiagnosed to the cause of them, the root cause could be a parasitic infection that is really hard to get. I mean, some of these you can't even, you can't test through a traditional stool sample test. Um, and some of them you can't even test through the PCR or antibody test either because they, they're really good at avoiding, according to literature, avoiding um, the immune system. And that's what makes them so hard to eradicate. And so, you know, when I was working with a lot of people with Lyme disease at the beginning of my career, the biggest breakthrough that they made was, um, you know, starting the parasite cleansing. And even in my own health, that was my big breakthrough because I stopped cycling with all the symptoms of Lyme. My immune system balanced out because what will happen is parasites elevate Th2, it's T helper 2 cells. So it drives that part of the immune system up, which suppresses Th1, which is what's utilized to go after the protozoans and bacteria and viruses and, and those type of infections. So then you have all these infections that are out of control and high and elevated, when in reality, if you're just trying to treat the infections, it just keeps coming back. And so by treating the parasites and down-regulating that, that down-regulated TH2, which then balanced the immune system, leveling it out, and then it resolved everything on its own. So you know that's one thing I've really learned about this process as I've worked with patients in, in myself and, and different clients throughout the world was the fact that balancing the immune system is a key part to it and, and balancing the TH2 to TH1 and also looking at the mitochondria and understanding how the mitochondria helps to modulate the immune system and how important it is to support the mitochondria because that will alert the immune system to do what it needs to do. And um, by doing so, all of a sudden the success was just massive. And I think one of the key first products I launched was a mimosa pudica seed. And that, that was a game changer for so many Lyme clinics and myself and a lot of my, my own patients and clients. So, uh, and then we went down through the different types of parasites with use, using some Ayurvedic formulas to some other ones I created with more uh, American type herbs. And then some other ones that are more island type herbs that, that are great for parasites. So I have four different formulas that, that we use that are, are really good to help clear people out, balance them up, and then starts to regulate the immune system function, they start to come back and the systems go away and their life comes back because believe it or not, parasites can affect the mitochondria, which suppresses the Krebs cycle and then they don't make energy anymore. And then from there, if they don't make energy, then they don't have good hormone function. They don't have good neurotransmitter function. They don't digest well. They have don't, you know, the whole, the whole enzymatic process just really downregulates. And then the, the mitochondria get a lot of oxidative stress and, and then they downregulate the amount of mitochondria that they have as well. Mm, yes. My husband used to say he's like mitochondria that is non-existent. It was just so low because of everything that he was going through. And it makes sense that the more you boost your immune system, the more that you support your immune system, the more you're going to thrive. And then those parasites, it's not a breeding ground for them. Well, and part of the thing is to have success at treating parasites too, they do absorb a lot of toxins. So I always recommend the following. If you're going to clear parasites, you need to detox at the same time. 
And that's why we have a variety of binders. In the literature, it showed that they did a study on ducks and, and they did parasite cleansing. And they actually got worse health because they had lead that the parasites were absorbing into them. So then they had lead toxicity. So when you really look at optimal health and what you need to do, detoxing along with the parasite cleansing is super important for uh, optimal health and vitality. 100%. Yes, you can't just go cleansing the parasites without doing the detoxing as well. It goes hand in hand. Any cleansing or detoxing that we're doing, you need to support it. So that makes a lot of sense and is very helpful. I have a question. What would happen if we just left the parasites? Like what will happen? So if we just leave the parasites, then it's essentially what's going to take place is you're going to have symptoms. So eventually you might start getting allergies like I did in my 30s. I started getting sensitivities to the environment I was in. So it was the pollen in the, in the fall that was blooming or I couldn't eat dairy anymore because I would get migraines and headaches from eating dairy. Food sensitivities were a big part of it because they upregulate the IgE factor. So when the IgE immunoglobulin raises, then you all of a sudden now you have food sensitivities, seasonal sensitivities, overactive immune system. And, and that is no fun because the interesting thing is, is other people live in the same exact place. They have no reaction to the pollen or to the grasses or the trees and stuff. But um, those that do have an overactive TH2 immune function. By balancing that out, they no longer have those reactions, even though they still are in, in the same environment that have all the pollens. So a variety of things can occur. Eventually, like in my, in my family, my kids and my wife, they had eczema. And as we cleared the parasites, the eczema completely went away and it hasn't come back. So you just have to look at what's going to happen. Almost any symptom can occur. And Holda Clark, she wrote a book in the early 90s and you know she did a bunch of research in the 70s and 80s. And she talked about the cure for all diseases. And a big part of that was parasite cleansing. Mm, wow. So how often do you think we should be doing parasite cleanses? Is this something that we should do once a year or is it more symptom-based? And if we are getting symptoms, then we do it. What are your thoughts? So I believe that the parasite cleansing should be done probably initially at least four to six months. If you're really sick, possibly a year. And then after that, a full moon protocol is a really good follow-up, maybe anywhere from three to seven days at a time. And then the other thing is, is you could do maybe um, after you do that for a few months, maybe just quarterly, do it just a quarterly, take some products, pulse it up and just have that refresh all the time. If you go travel and come back, you know, run a quick parasite cleanse for a week, couple weeks. I love that. Awesome. You've spoken about this full moon protocol. So during the full moon, something happens to the parasites. Can you talk to us about this? Yeah. So the lunar cycles, the, the effect, how the, look at the oceans, how the tide goes out and comes in. Also that we're made up of a lot of water, right? 65% they say we're composed of water. But there's a, a shift and change in the, the parasites during the, during the lunar, lunar cycle where the larvae will leave the lungs or, and come into the digestive system and mature. So there's a process where it's really good to hit them during that time period because of the fact that they're leaving the sinuses or the lungs and coming into the digestive system and you have more success during that time period of treating them. And, and so it's really good to be aggressive during that. Mm -hmm. So fascinating. Very, very interesting. You were talking about how your kids and your wife had eczema. I had really bad eczema as a child. I had it all over my face. 
my arms, my chest, and it was so bad, very red, itchy, very raw. It would bleed. It was really hard. And my mom obviously didn't know this information. So the only thing that we did was we would take steroid creams and we would lather them all over my body and we would have these baths in this bright blue. I don't even know what it was. And then when I got older, I would take steroid tablets. And, you know, my mom didn't know this information, but that's a Band-Aid approach, you know, where we're just lathering something on top of the symptom when we're not really looking at the root cause, looking under the hood and going, well, why am I getting eczema in the first place? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, they suffer a lot. I mean, hands down, it's, it's horrible. I've seen babies head to foot, you know, just totally eczema so bad, faces are bleeding, really bad cases. And in 60 days, I've seen them completely clear up. And so there's with the younger kids, you know, liquids are are what you need to use. I've used products such as pyrantopamoate or Pinex. It's just an over-the-counter medication that you can get at Walgreens. But Amazon, you know, has it for cheaper and, and, um, and more volume. I usually put them on that and then some tinctures. You squeeze some tinctures in with some water. And then you put in some binders and, you know, a little gut healing. And it's be amazed how quickly the children respond to clearing it up. But it's uh, children actually have a higher susceptibility to parasite infections. Why is that? Is that because their immune system is so immature? I think because they're more on the ground, the, they tend to be more interactive with, with dogs. Their immune system probably isn't as robust as you know an adult would be at that point in time. But just the studies show the susceptibility is towards children, those with disabilities and elderly. Fascinating really fascinating. So if they're on the ground, if they're with animals, they're some of the common ways that children could get parasites. Can parasites go through the placenta? Yes. So that's the next thing I was going to mention. You're really right on thinking. It can even breast milk as well. Whoa. So uh, in some of the studies showed that aspect and strongyloides, for example, a threadworm can pass from mother to child. Uh, there's a variety of protozoans that can as well. You know, I don't know all the research out there, but I, I would guess that there's parasites that are very microscopic, right? So there's forms of each parasite that are in, in a microscopic form. So they can pass through easily in the blood, into the placenta, also through any, any type of fluid. So yeah, it's definitely something that I've seen probably a lot of these children that had severe eczema of babies just got it from their mother. Wow, that's so interesting. I talk about this a lot on my podcast and whenever anyone wants to listen just about how important it is when we are on that conscious conception journey to cleanse before we get pregnant, to make sure that our body is in the best shape possible. And I did that for many years before I had my daughter. I did so much work internally and emotionally. I did mind, body, and spirit work. I did it all on my conscious conception journey. And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad. She's 15 months now and she's just a dream. She's healthy and happy. And you know, you put in that work, you cleanse before you get pregnant and you will have a happy and healthy baby because your body has been a beautiful vessel for them to really thrive. 
Mm-hmm. I agree. So is there anything else that we can do for our children to support them in avoiding getting parasites? Is there anything else that we can do? Well, sometimes I don't think it's about avoiding the parasites as much as it is. It's just make sure they have a robust immune system and they also just do cleanses every so often. Awesome. I love that. This is such great information. I love it so much. Is there anything else that we need to know about parasites or anything in regards to the cleansing side of things for parasites? I think always rotating through different types of products are important, not just staying on the same product forever, because there's a variety of parasites that respond to different types of formulas, which is why we have four formulas within our, within our company. But the other thing is, is when you're traveling, that's where I've seen a lot of people that aren't used to a specific thing in their environment. They travel to a whole new environment that get exposed to something that they've never been exposed to, and that creates a lot of problems. So I've seen you know, women that I've seen uh, come back from traveling to the Caribbean or South America and Mexico, and they come back from a cruise, and now they got chronic migraines and fatigue, and they go through this whole medical route of 10 years of never getting any results, finding out why they had the problem, and nobody's asked them, oh, did you drink the water in Mexico or Africa or in Asia or any of these places that didn't have clean water. And sure enough, they did. So when I worked with them and, and addressed the parasite problem, their health, you know, their health completely recovered and their life got back. And, you know, for me, it sounds like your husband too. We were just surviving life. We weren't thriving in life and you can thrive no matter what age you are. So you just have to have this as a consideration as being one of the problems that can cause a lot of disease and issues within the body. There's research that shows that parasites cause cancer. Dr. Holda Clark's whole books are all, all about the, that aspect of it, but it wasn't until, you know, in the last five, 10 years that they show that cancer is not just human cancer, it's cancer caused by parasites in humans. And it's interesting how, you know, a lot of the parasite medications are also anti-cancer medications. It's like, oh, well, maybe there's a correlation between parasites and cancer. Wow. Wow. Ivermectin, prosequanol, albendazole. You know, these are things that have been around for years and years. Hydroxychloroquine, you know, been around decades, these medications, old drugs that side effects are, I found to be little, small side effects compared to the results that they get. And the more side effects that there are, it's usually due to higher amounts of parasites that they have. Fascinating. And a lot of those things are now illegal. <laughs> Interesting. Any idea why? So weird. <laughs> so weird. Hey, just like this coincidence. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's so interesting, that correlation between parasites and cancer. Very, very interesting. And we'll link to the doctor in the books that you've recommended in the show notes for anyone that wants to dive deeper. Fascinating stuff. So there's a couple of books I just want to throw out there. Dr. Simon Yu, Why You? He's out of St. Louis. He's a medical doctor over there and practices Chinese medicine as well. He's got great stuff on information on parasites. Dr. Holda Clark. She's passed away, but she has great books out there. And Louise Gittleman has some books on there about parasites. I mean, you start looking up, there's a variety of books that talk about parasites and the infections and stuff. So just getting more educated on things are really good. And then I've just even Googled, you know, symptoms and parasites. So whatever symptom it is and parasites, and then you see all this research on, you know, helmets and herpes, herpes viruses, 
have a massive correlation to parasites in the gut and the immune cycle and how it suppresses to cause a reoccurrence of herpes viruses. I've had patients with severe herpes on their lips and up through their nose that couldn't get rid of for years upon years. And then when we addressed parasites, you know, when they came to my clinic, boom, it went away and stopped recycling and happening. So there's all kinds of fun information you can learn about out there. Oh, so interesting. And thank you for those book recommendations. And I definitely have had cold sores, my goodness, in my life. I first got the outbreak when I was 23 or 24 and I had them all over my face, in my mouth and down my throat. Like from my eyes down, I had them and it looked like I was hospitalized for it. And I was put on antivirals and morphine and antibiotics. And by the end of it, all of the sores turned into scabs and it looked like someone had taken a blowtorch to my face. The doctors were like, I've never seen a case like this. It was wild. So that happened when I was around 23, 24. And then I would get these outbreaks really regularly. And then I started cleansing. I started detoxing and I started healing and I started boosting my immune system monthly. I was getting them every month. Whenever I would get my period, I would get a cold sore outbreak because my immune system would go down. And then that turned into every, you know, two months, three months, and then it went years without getting one. And then I was recently, I had not had one for years, couldn't remember. And then recently we moved house and I got my first period back since having a baby and we moved house all in the one week and I was incredibly stressed and I'm breastfeeding and my immune system was so low that I got a cold sore. It was just one compared to what I used to get, but I'm curious if you would think that was still a parasite thing or would that be potentially just a suppressed immune system, but I feel like I know what you're going to say here. <laughs> yeah. It, why is it suppressed? Right. So it goes back to what could be creating that. So there's a few things. Parasites are a big reason why people will get those coming back because they suppress the, that part of the immune system. But mycotoxin illness or mold can also do the same thing. Suppress the immune system to where it can allow this, this to happen. And then there's other elements like radioactive elements, radium and water, you know, cesium, uranium, things like that, that can highly affect immune function. And then what I typically see together is the parasites with the radioactive elements, and then that suppresses and causes the herpes viruses. So that's just through clinical experience and then some of the literature and research that I have found too that can validate that. And so, yeah, it's amazing. Stress is a big factor, but stress creates hormones change and shift, but still she should be able to handle stress and not get that. There's more than one thing. It's thinking about, you know, that, that straw that broke the camel's back. It's that one, one more layer that you put on there. You add that stress or you're not sleeping because you had a new baby. And, and it's one more thing that piles up on and just cause it to crash down. Mm, exactly. Exactly. That was it for me. It's like not getting good sleep, breastfeeding, highly stressed, moving house and working, a little bit run down potentially. It's like this perfect storm, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, it just reminded me. It just, you know, whenever I get anything like that, whenever I feel not 100%, it's just a reminder to take even better care of myself, to look after myself, to 
you know, make sure that I'm getting outside fresh air. I'm going for my walks. I'm nourishing my body, mind and soul. It's, it's a reminder to really take care of yourself. For sure. I totally agree with you. You've mentioned a couple of incredible books, which we'll link to in the show notes, but I would love to hear now if you had a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world, what book would you choose? Wow. That's really hard. So many good books. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to the old school book because it teaches a couple concepts. It teaches um, symptoms with parasites. So you can relate which parasite possibly with a symptom. And it also teaches the fact that there's toxins that affect and then correlate with the body and parasites. And that's Holda Clark's book called Cure for All Diseases. So it gives more of a natural. Now, Things have developed a lot in our world, especially in the toxin world, since her since she wrote that book 30, 40 years ago. But uh, it's still the base understanding of what's happening there was life changing for a lot of for myself and for a lot of other patients of mine. Mm, sounds amazing. I love it. We'll link to it in the show notes, and I definitely want to read that. So I'll be adding that to my list for sure. Let's talk about how your day looks. I love hearing about people's morning routines, the little rituals and things that you do. I know no two day is ever the same and you are traveling at the moment. Can you talk us through a quote unquote typical day in your life? What time you wake up, all of your routines, your rituals, everything. So I'm going to go more what I've done the last five years versus the last say eight months where I've had an injury where I can't work out toward my shoulder. So my typical thing is waking up in the morning and I usually get up around 6, 5.36 and I get up and I exercise. So I love to work out, lift weights. I'm a thin guy and just how I've been my whole life. And so for me, it's important to work out so that I have more muscle on me. And if I don't work out, then I tend to lose size and weight. And it's also just really good. Exercising is phenomenal for the brain. It's phenomenal just for your mood, confidence, and just who you are. It's really the only time I have to work out without affecting my family. I have four children. Ages are 15, 14, 11, and 8. So I'd rather spend my time when they're sleeping working out than in the evening when I should be at home. I get up, I work out, come home, and then if I'm working on those days, the days I'm working out, I'll eat some protein, uh, typically eggs. uh, I like eggs and sausage, egg and, eggs and bacon. Pork, I'll eat if it's well cooked. I don't eat pork chops and stuff like that, but sausage and bacon I do like. And then I'll go to work. And right now, my life is cell core biosciences and micro formulas, two companies that I own. It's one company, two brands. And then uh, I have my clinic that I go to uh, probably... Usually I work there once a month and then Dr. Randy and Dr. Nick, and then I have another really great nutritionist and health coach that is phenomenal that works there along with my staff that pretty much runs on its own. What I spend my time on is really um, as the CEO in the past year or so, really building my leaders on my team, empowering them, bringing people on to lead and help to be excellent at what they do. And then I focus on formulations and product and research. So we train doctors. I do travel and will be at conferences and, and train doctors and uh, practitioners on all these issues of chronic health issues and problems. 
I train muscle testing, and then we have a, our annual conference that we go into the details of case studies and what to go through. But, you know, being active is a key element to life. And I love to do a few things. I love white water rafting and I love wake surfing. So water sports are great. Uh, and then we'd go to the desert a lot. And so we go out there the desert doing sand, going through the sand dunes and uh, with our razors, Polaris razors, and the kids love it. If I get a chance, which I haven't done in a long time, I like scuba diving. So those are my days of, you know, every day it's, it's going in there. And it's, it's, it's all about having that positive mindset and building people up and encouraging and uplifting people and striving for excellence. And I tried to do that in many different areas. That sounds awesome. And it sounds like actually you would love Australia if you love outdoors and if you love white water rafting and being adventurous, you would love Australia. Yeah, sounds like it. One day it's my bucket. <laughs> yes, bring the kids and your wife. Wonderful. Okay, I've got three rapid fire questions for you now. Are you ready? I am. What is one thing that we can do today for our health? One thing we can do for our health is, there's so many things. I'm going to go with eating food that's grown organically from the area that you live in, as well as eating meat. Eating If you're going to eat meat from your local area, that's farm-raised versus buying it from the store. And is that because you get the microbes from the environment? Part of it is the microbes from the environment, and part of it is because then the food's not being transferred across the world, getting, and you have to spray it down with toxins to keep it preserved. So if you can go buy the meat locally, it's, it's frozen, and then it's not having to be preserved. So you can put it in your freezer. And also then you know what they're eating, what they're consuming, so they're not consuming genetically modified food. Yes. The vegetables and fruits, you know, you can, you know, ask the farmers, did you spray it or how is it done, right? Absolutely. This is one of the main reasons why I only shop at my local organic farmer's markets on a Sunday. You can literally go up to the farmer and you can say, is this sprayed? And they'll usually say yes or no. And they will usually tell you, you know, when it was picked. Oh, I picked these apples yesterday. You know, it's so fresh. But when you go to a supermarket, if you went up to someone and said, is this sprayed? They would look at you like, huh? Like, I've got no idea. Like they would have no idea. So this is why I bang on and on about this. Please go to your local organic farmer's market to shop because you're getting local ingredients, you can get chemical spray-free produce and it's way better for the environment and it's way better for you and it's way better for your wallet. It is. Okay, next one. What is one thing that we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. For more abundance in all areas of our life, that's where being centered emotionally and spiritually is important. So I think that the positive, what you project in life, you create. And that's what's really helped me. And so when I consider that, you have to say, you are what you think. You, know, you hear the phrase, you are what you eat, which is the last thing you talked about, but you are what you think. Absolutely. Your words and your thoughts are so powerful. And whatever we say and whatever we're thinking will manifest. So. Make sure your thoughts are positive and make sure your words are inspiring because that is what you'll create. 
they create physiology in the body and hormones and neurotransmitters. So if you're thinking negatively, then you're creating hormones and neurotransmitters that will break your body down versus building it up and repairing. So that's really important for your health, but also then the other part of the manifestation of everything is amazing. Absolutely. I'll often just be driving and I will smile and just repeat positive affirmations. And I'll sometimes just do this while I'm standing in the line at the post office or if I'm just, you know, waiting for the dishwasher to finish or whatever I'm doing, I don't even know. I'm just, any chance I get, I will just smile and repeat positive affirmations because it is so powerful. And like you said, it affects the physiology of every cell in our body. It does. Absolutely. You know what? We're here to have joy and love in life. And what is it you're going to get out of life? When you look back at it on your deathbed, you're probably going to be thinking about the people spending, having spent time with people that you love. If you can do that and create those memories and relationships, that's what really matters out of life. So I remember um, friends would say, your family's so rich. And you know, my, my parents had eight children. We were very not much rich when it came financially. But we were rich because of the love that we had and how close we were as a family. And that's what you know why people really admired my, my parents is because of how close our siblings were, how good of friends we are even as adults today. We're best friends. That's what life's really about. That is so beautiful. It's really beautiful. I think that's every parent's dream. One of their dreams is that their children get along and they're best friends. Like how beautiful is that? Last one in the rapid fire. What is one thing that we can do for more love in our life? More love. I think to have more love in our lives, we have to be willing to be open to it. That's one thing. Being available for it. If you're so into yourself, if your health is poor, if you have, no matter what situation you're in, the stress that you're in in your life, you have to be open and receptive to that love. And if you're open and receptive to that love, it'll come in. So it goes back to what you talked about, manifesting that beforehand. And what I mentioned about the relationships in your life, what matters, if you invest time into it, it'll happen. Yes, absolutely. Is there anything else that you want to share? Any last parting words of wisdom or anything that you wanted to talk about? I love your body, mind, and soul. The healing journey is all everything, right? It's, it's physical, emotional, and spiritual. Movement is life. So if there's anything out there, continuous movement, exercise, stretching, getting out in nature, uh, movement is life. I can't emphasize that, especially as you, as you age. That's so important. Drinking distilled water, clean water, clean food, and then just understanding what life's about and purpose and having that love in your heart and joining the people that are around you, being present for that time period. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much. This has been such an incredible conversation. I am so grateful for you and your time today and all the work that you do in the world. And you are supporting and helping and serving so many people. So thank you. Now I want to know what I can do and the listeners can do to give back and serve you. How can we serve you today? You know, just spread the message of uh, what we talked about, how important it is to address your health through, you know, cleansing parasites, uh, how it important it is to having health from a body, mind, and soul, you know, the emotional, spiritual, and physical body 
all goes together. Live your best life. I mean, that's that's what brings me joy and happiness is that people live their best lives. Mm, that's so beautiful. This has been such an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your wisdom, for all the work that you have gone through yourself to be here, to be able to share it. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. And you must let me know when you come to Australia. I will. Melissa, thank you very much. I have a sister named Melissa as well. <laughs> oh, well, she must be awesome. <laughs> she is awesome. She's my first sister. She's the fifth child, of my first sister. And she's amazing. Wow. Eight kids. Your parents, I want to meet them. My mom is actually one of, no. Oh my goodness. My mom is one of eight. Oh, wow. Yes. Y- yeah. Your parents are amazing. So are my mom's parents, but they have since passed. So I never got to talk to them and ask them what it was like to have eight children. I just can't even, like, I can't even imagine. 35 grandchildren. Thir- no. Oh my goodness. It's interesting. My first sister, so Melissa had the very first grandchild and she's the fifth child. So it's brothers that are older. We uh, got married. The older three got, we got married in our thirties. I was 37 when I got married. So our kids are all close in age together, within 20 years of each other. And so there's just a bunch of them. It's really neat because I was having kids with my sisters that were 14 years younger and 16 years younger than me. Oh, that's so beautiful. And do you guys all live close? We do for the most part. Yeah, my brother's moving back. And then I have a sister that uh, just moved away a year ago. She's trying to get back. So beautiful. Well, that is just so divine. And I'm so happy to hear that. It just makes my heart sing, you know, knowing that you guys are all together. So yeah, it's really beautiful. Family and love and friends. It's, I mean, that's what life's about, huh? It is, for sure. Thank you again. It's been such a pleasure to have you here. I'm so grateful and please stay in touch. Will do. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I absolutely loved this conversation. I got so much out of it and I truly hope that you got some answers for your health or maybe for your family's health or someone you know. I hope you got some answers and you feel a relief that there is a path because I know what it's like to go from doctor to doctor to expert to naturopath to nutritionist and be passed around from one to the other with no answers. So I really hope that this episode gave you a lot of clarity and answers that you may have been searching for. And if you did get a lot from this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that all of my episodes will pop up in your feed so that you don't have to go searching for a new episode. And please come and tell me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini what you got from this episode. I absolutely love hearing from you and I love connecting with you. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up for you today. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.